Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo decoded report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestion, endo aligned product matching in your state, suggested dosage guidelines, and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Uh, Let's do it! Yeah. It is 2 p.m. on a Wednesday, and that means that we are here to discuss the cannabis legalization for the news. Joining me, of course, on the West Coast is my host, Miguel Santiago. How are you, Miggy? Or Miggy 420, whatever. Doing well. How are you Miggy doing? 420. Oh, man, I am, I'm doing well. I uh, am able to still breathe and function all right, which is kind of good considering how uh, overworked that I have been. But there was a big news in, in hemp, uh, which is going to create a lot of demand. Uh, and it happened yesterday. Uh, the largest state, well, the second largest state, uh, largest state in terms of land mass, at least, second largest state in terms of population, Texas went online. And so before we came online, we were trying to find out what the actual spot price of CBD hemp may be, because if there's more demand now with how many millions of people live in Texas, dude? Well, you know, and, and Texas is another of those states that's been fighting for medical. And, uh, you know, there's... It's a big state, you yeah. know, and, and being on the border of Oklahoma is going to be huge for their CBD market. I think being on the border of Oklahoma is not going to be only big for uh, Texas's CBD market, but also for their medical marijuana push because of how um, how cool the Oklahoma medical marijuana market is currently acting. I mean, I, it's well, crap, I've just hit the wrong link. Hey, Miggy, fill time. I'm going to go send a link somewhere. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah, Oklahoma is uh, a booming market as far as uh, they're like what Washington was when it first started. It was like the wild west of uh, medical cannabis where the people who actually took a chance and are, are planting a seed and uh, uh, putting themselves out there, you know, uh, that's the hard part. You have uh, professionals, people who've been doing things for a long time, and then uh, they decide to jump in the weed, and it's still somewhat frowned upon. So it's going to be a huge incentive for Texas to get on board. Uh, just like, I don't know if you know, but uh, Oregon's uh, bill to do intercommerce just went to the House. What is Oregon's board to do intercommerce? What type of stuff are they trying to pull in Oregon? For their cannabis. They're trying to export their cannabis to make it legal for the export. So obviously. How the, are they uh, going to be able to do that? I mean, like the, the federal law is the federal law. And so yeah. it, I, it's what is Oregon? I realize Oregon has a glut of marijuana. They grew so much. They have outdoor farms. The plants are huge, huge supply. 
what is the price of an an, an eighth in Oregon, Miggy? Dude, I, I've seen not just eighths but ounces for like twenty bucks. Twenty dollars an ounce. My goodness. I mean, so they're trying to export it where they can sell it because, like, the spot price for marijuana, I thought was like nine hundred dollars a pound if it's high quality marijuana. Yeah, you know, even their their bunk stuff. You know, that's why even here in Washington, if, I, if it's bad, the the recreational weed's not all bad. Matter of fact, it's way better than the Mexican weed you used to buy twenty years ago when it was illegal. So, uh, you know that that that's there. But um, as far as like, yeah, nine hundred dollar pounds. Uh, you know, Nevada's hurting. They're if you're a grower in Nevada, you are. Uh, I think Nevada only limits a couple of growers too. If I'm not mistaken, but I just know growers they are for hemp or growers for cannabis. I mean, cannabis. They're both cannabis. All right, that's that's really the problem. They're both cannabis, and so fortunately, welcoming Texas. Texas joins many other states that have legalized hemp and so now texas is you know 99 legal uh if you want a copy of the actual bill itself uh, i'll go ahead and share my screen to show you where you can go ahead and find it um make america hemp again that's a great hat and that so it finally did um go and then that that links out to this page you can go to capital texas.gov bill lookup and actually read it but let's just go over the the bullet points of it so yeah they are going to have cbd but you know look at this 90 days for the pilot plan of the department of agriculture um and so like i'm going to kind of review that briefly as we're discussing i'm not sure if it's going to be similar to what they did in iowa where they really aren't allowing anybody to farm or to um, import cbd type hemp until after the uh, Department of Agriculture has actually handed down its regulatory scheme. Hopefully not, but uh, it, it breaks it down into two kind of things. Regulations are still months away. So when the regulations are months away, you really don't know what can get turned off uh, in the interim, but it looks like that it was effective immediately. So at least that uh, industrial hemp and then CBD hemp, which leads us to our next question, What's the price of CBD today now that this other, I think it's 35 million people that live in Texas. I mean, uh, supply and demand, right? So the demand of 35 million people just came online and the supply is kind of fixed, uh, kind of fixed. I mean, the, the, the we do have planting in Illinois that we can report on though. Well, that CBD, uh, uh, you know, it's, they probably had a market there already. I'm seeing uh, billboards here from Bartels, uh, Bartels Drugs, uh, uh, promoting uh, full spectrum CBD, which, it's kind of a joke because full spectrum CBD includes THC, which I don't think just because the name says drugs, they're selling drugs yet. But, you know, uh, we're there. Whether the billboards are there, uh, you know, one day we'll get coupons for fucking CBD, you know, uh, products. Um, I'm sure it's Texas has a, a huge market already, but they just aren't aware of it. Uh, yeah, the uh, evidently Texas also has a medical marijuana program if you consider 0.5% uh, THC of cannabis and they, they always name it the compassionate use program. That doesn't sound very compassionate to limit your uh, medical marijuana patients to 0.5% THC. That's basically hemp. So like they say, as they, uh, the 0.3% CBD oil is barely different from their marijuana derived CBD oil that is available. Uh, to Texas for their extremely restrictive uh, medical marijuana policy. My God, I was reading that. Um, that is the one problem that I really have when it comes to these magic mice. Uh, do you use Max and like magic mouse? Have you ever done that? No. No? 
all right, well, they're very sensitive. And so like, if you go like that, suddenly you'll go back a page and you're like, hey, I was reading that. Or you'll go forward a page. It's, it's just uh, not the best thing in the world on that. However, the only thing that really looks like that hemp, uh, I'm sorry, marijuana in Texas is able to be used for is intractable epilepsy. And then uh, they passed a bill this session that's going to include more diseases like autism and terminal cancer. So these people have intractable epilepsy, autism, terminal cancer, and their marijuana is capped at 0.5% uh, THC. Fortunately, the CBD is now going to be out of there and uh, tests of unregulated. This is not the best. HoustonChronicle.com, very sparse on their reporting. Fortunately, though, uh, CBD hemp is going to be coming to Texas. And the current price, I can show you this one right now. If you guys ever do want to see the current price of hemp, make sure you head on over to uh, Penex Exchange. And then once a month, they do kind of like update it. So the May 2019 hemp report, we're going to have to wait until uh, next month to see how it's going. Oh, man, the price of Colorado isolate has, well, yeah, it's come down, you know, and then winterized crude. Uh, but, you know, the, the price, uh, Kentucky, Oregon, Colorado, uh, still Kentucky, probably because they have, you know, uh, less supply. They're the highest. But uh, we'll have to wait and see where Illinois goes on that. Or because of these, there's going to be more supply coming online this year. But as Texas is coming online for buyers, there's going to be more demand as well. So where does Illinois or where does the price of this CBD biomass go? Does it stay at around the $4? Does it go and trend down or, or what? Uh, I'm not sure. But uh, it's an interesting thing to see what will happen next month. And the, uh, the planting has been so far behind this year that even though 700 people uh, – farmers in Illinois signed up to farm hemp, uh, the state is just now getting its corn crop in the ground. And so just now also focusing and turning toward uh, its hemp crop, which, you know, there is 90 day seed out there that you can get and various varietals, but uh, it's going to be interesting. And now it's, it's starting to gear up, which is great. Hey, did you hear about any other good news in the medical or adult use marijuana world this week? Well, Nevada just banned the uh, employers from uh, doing the screening for jobs. That's right. Nevada has. And that, that law will go into effect in January of 2020. Um, so Nevada uh, AB 132 signed by Governor Steve Sizzlack. Wow. Does that mean that Nevada, their mayors, I'm sorry, Nevada doesn't have a mayor. There's many mayors in Nevada, but Nevada has a governor. But uh Sizzlack. It's kind of like Moe's name from The Simpsons, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Moe's no. name? Moe's Sizzlack? That yeah. was it. Yeah. So anyway, it makes it unlawful for any Nevada employer to fail or refuse to hire someone if they test positive for marijuana. Of course, there are exceptions, like any law. Uh, firefighters, EMTs cannot test positive as those applying for jobs that require some type of motor vehicle or jobs to the federal government. The jobs of the federal government, of course, make sense. It is a Schedule One drug to the federal government. I'm not sure about the whole EMTs, firefighters, motor vehicle. I mean, that gets back to those headlines about um, driving while high or driving while medicated. Do you think it's fair to restrict people uh, from smoking cannabis in states where it's legal for like their commercial driving license? Yeah, because you know the argument's really weak when they say, uh, "Well, how would you like your surgeon to be stoned while they're where they're treating you?" And 
the thing is, you know, with this whole cannabis prohibition, we've gone away from treating our citizens like adults, like to have a right. uh, 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 personal responsibility, you know? Right. Instead, we're going to protect you from yourself. And, uh, uh, you know, we can't trust that you can save or shoot a gun or save a citizen, but you can't smoke a doobie or at least know better on when to, like, not smoke one before work, you know? Um, dude, so yesterday, I uh, my son just graduated uh, high school from uh, uh, congratulations, man! Yeah, graduated high school. It was it was an awesome uh, experience, but you know uh, the thing is, I've been a uh, cannabis consumer his whole lifetime and uh, pretty much open about it. And uh, he graduated from a, uh, a private school, a thirty thousand dollar a year private school. You're because, paying thirty thousand dollars a year to send your kid to high school. Do not talk to my girlfriend. She would. Dude, yeah. Bro, that's just high school. From sixth grade to freaking high school to, to graduation. It, it's, oh, it was man. the same amount of people. Like the, the people who had fuck you money that went to the school. Uh, it was just more like I always felt I was happy. Like he was safe space type situation. But uh, you know, and now he's going to college. And I'm just saying. Well, my point being is the cannabis consumption. And the cannabis uh, uh, intellect does not make you a lesser human being or a lesser citizen. Uh, you know, it, it, there's got to be a common sense approach to all this shit. True. I mean, like, would you want your surgeon operating on you if he just spent the whole night worrying about something else? Like if his marriage is falling apart or if he has some other addictive disorder or, or if he's just, you know, if, he, if he's a compulsive gambler. And he's got uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line. There's all sorts of things that could screw with somebody's concentration and their head, despite uh, cannabis. Which, you know, if if cannabis was going to be a detriment to people driving uh, motor vehicles, you should be able to see it in the data. And that data, of course, is taking time to emerge because it's been illegal to study this stuff for so long. But from states that have passed uh, cannabis legalization and then have been able to do subsequent uh, tests regarding um, uh, medicated driving, those tests really haven't found the same types of risk profiles that you have with uh, alcohol and driving. So I don't understand, other than it's our own uh, prejudice and bias, why we are trying to legislate that particular thing, say, well, okay, adult use is fine, but not for this thing. Yeah, or, or not for your job because we can't trust you to be a grown-up and, and not know when you're intoxicated to, enough to not go fight a fire or, you know, I'm pretty sure that guy doesn't want to lose his life in that sense. So, you right. know, I used to deal with firefighters when I was younger, when I was 18. I've dealt with college professors. I've dealt with firefighters. Uh, you know, a lot of people couldn't openly go to a store and buy stuff. And when you're an 18 with long hair, which it went away a long time ago. Uh, right. But I just don't understand how could like so like if you're worried that the firefighter is going to be high like I don't I don't get it like you know so the firefighter who is on marijuana still understands oh there's the fire I need to put that out are they going to be like whoa man <laughs> fire yeah we we could cook so many marshmallows on that oh yeah. You know, CJ, it doesn't make any sense. Like, oh yeah, but that firefighter who's high isn't gonna he's gonna forget his hose. That's what's gonna happen. But this new law in Nevada is gonna go into effect on January of 2020. So it's gonna be illegal to ban uh employment based on marijuana tests 
unless of course your job includes spraying water on a fire, which again, a little, little ridiculous, but you have to start somewhere. Like all these laws, when it comes to the cannabis liberalization, uh, except for like your case where you were talking about medical marijuana in uh, the state of Washington, where you had uh, people buying it at, at um, farmer's markets. Oh yeah. It was beautiful, man. We, you walk in and you just buy an ounce or, or two and, uh, Call yourself good. You can even do consumption on the site. You know, no, I, no, no. Yeah, that, that is just blowing my mind. All the other ones, they start with a very draconian bill. I mean, I've been going through the Illinois adult use bills, and so like over the weekend, oh, you can kind of make it out. Like that's, I got a, I got a hundred dollar teleprompter from Amazon, and because like these, these laws are really, really uh, dense, and so the application form is going to be like phone book thick. And most businesses that are in operation do not have all of the policies and documents and contracts that this application requires that you have simply to be eligible to be selected to have a license. For medical? No, this is for adult use. Um, yeah, for the craft grows of you know 5,000 5, feet square foot of flowering space. That's it. You have to have all this uh, security, and, and employment policies and a 2,500 word diversity policy. And so I got a, a teleprompter to help me like you know, say every single freaking thing that's on there. And these, these applications are gonna be very, very thick. Yeah. And at the end of the day, what are they doing? Well, they're growing 500,000 square feet of flowering space for marijuana. Those, those draconian regulations may one day come down to where you were what year was this uh, this farmer's market that you could just buy an ounce at? Washington had medical from 92 to uh, 90. Uh, well, since the inception of uh, in 2012 of uh, recreational, it slowly evolved from just a, a caregiver uh, structure. And then yep. the caregiver structure, just like in California, where someone said, OK, well, now I'm going to care for 10 people. And so they'd open a store because they had excess materials. Then when people come into the store, they say, hey, I need you to sign this piece of paper. Washington's a very uh, libertarian, hard-on type place where it's like... Oh, no, I, I've, I've, I've talked to you uh, yeah. uh, enough now. Like, I always hear your rejoinder, and I and I explain to you, like, it's different in the Midwest. You know, here, I'm from the government. I'm here to help. Uh, save me. Save me from myself, government. I'm just a terrible, terrible sinner. And like you, your your concept of this personal liberty is is uh, intriguing to me, and I would like to subscribe to your newsletter. It was it was, it was a neat uh, setup. I mean, people, and that's where I think Oklahoma is at right now, where people are popping up. They're they're being brave enough to stand up and say, "I'm going to be part of this industry. I am not a uh, the stereotype. You know, I'm just a normal citizen. You know, uh, you know, it's the only thing I've gotten to, why I've got a name for myself is not because I sell weed." But just because I talk a lot about it and maintain a nine to five, you know, it's it's just I'm just an average citizen that likes to consume and doesn't want to go to jail like everybody else. But back then, when Washington was just medical, it was uh, it was like a private club almost where everybody was just kind of like, you know, a side paper. We agreed to this agreement. Uh, there's no police involved. So no one no, there was never, ever any whenever there was a raid. It was probably because the business was in the center of a main street and they had a lot of traffic. And so they were just getting a lot of attention, which is unfortunate because then they're just good at their business. But they got attention and that's where the raids would happen. But um, yeah, no, they, they would just get shut down. I don't think and I've heard that there's more slippage in the uh, legal adult markets 
out on the West Coast because they had this uh, history of having fairly open medical marijuana laws from 20 years ago. Uh, over here in the Midwest, that was all a crime. And uh, now we are just able to have medical marijuana, but our medical marijuana is so restrictive in Illinois that when you go into the dispensary, first off, you're matched with a dispensary. So there's no uh, consumer protection for being able to go to whatever store you want. You're matched to a particular dispensary. That's it. Wow. Second, you are not allowed to look at the flower at all while you are in the dispensary. That is crazy. Yeah. I mean, when I got, when I first moved to Washington state in uh, 2012, I believe, no, no, before that, 2000s, I got out in 2007 in Navy. So about 2009 is when I came out here. And uh, the first thing I did was got my medical script. It was just a big piece of paper. In California, you had a little ID, but for us, it was actual a written script. I would take that around state because my job at the time required me to be a traveling technician. And uh, if I was in Western Washington, I was like, oh, I want to get some weed. I would just go to the dispensary locally and uh, show my paper. They call and verify, and that was it. But they they did actually have to call and verify. Wow. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Yeah. Like, um, no. Washington State, their 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 claim of like no regulation just meant there was no database for people to verify stuff, and some people were getting their stuff tested, but that was what the regulation was missing in the medical side was the testing. Oh, okay. Well, uh, to not have that problem, and also to not just have it all open in the uh, out there and unregulated. The Illinois has really uh, clamped down as to what you can put in the flower, and that is great regarding uh, the purity of the flower and uh, the safety for the consumer in that in that aspect. And we've talked before, uh, and you've spoken to on how in Washington State sometimes there can be shit in your weed that you would probably not want if you had uh, more control over what you knew was being put into the chemicals that are going to grow that weed. Yeah, we're getting recalls. Uh, I got. We have a uh, Uncle Ike is a shop out here, cannabis shop. Not Uncle Ike's. I got. I got. I have a, a mug from Uncle Ike's from back when I was there four years ago. No, they're good. Uncle Ike's. So what they're doing is they're implementing a program though. It's called the OK program, mm -hmm. and so what they're doing is randomly testing products on their shelves for pesticides and 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 metals. Oh, and it's that's exciting. good. Yeah, that's good. I'm kind of worried a little bit about the metals that are going to be found in. Uh, the hemp crops, especially the smokable flower hemp crops uh, from uh, the open air hemp that we are growing now in Illinois, in tobacco country, in Montana, in all these other states. It looks like, you know, one day you'll be able to grow in Iowa and in Texas, but not this year. It won't be until after the USDA has those regulations out. However, like hemp or marijuana or the cannabis plant does pull out those heavy metals. And if it's just been row crops after row crops after row crops for decades, and they've just been dumping all well, heavy metals and other stuff, they've just been dumping all these uh, chemicals on that. I'm worried that the hemp flour that we are going to be making for the next couple of seasons until after the, the soil has been fairly cleaned, that yeah. might not be something that I would necessarily want to smoke. No, that's that's a great uh, concern, a health concern, especially for people with weakened immune systems. You know, I, I think that's part of the problem where people can't get past that cannabis as medicine is because they're like, well, you smoke it, and, and they they just would quickly associate cannabis with cigarettes, like tobacco, where you know you're applying this uh, uh, smoke into your lungs, which it's not bad for you. You know, I mean, the heat probably. Right. 
That, that's the thing. And then whenever they say, oh, the smoking of the lungs, I mean, I, I say that's when we hit them with the Irv Rosenfeld or you just uh, gave me that picture. Uh, what's the name of the uh, adult use? It's not the adult use patient. What's the name of the federal mar medical marijuana patient that was at Hemp Fest with you uh, last year? Oh, LB uh, Muskie. Yeah. How long has she been a federal patient? Because it's been closed since like George W. Bush, George W. Bush's dad, H. W. Yeah. Bush, uh, closed it like in 1991. Well, I believe that she was one of the original uh, 10 patients. And that's from the 70s, I believe. Oh, yeah. It was like 76 because it was one of the things that they thought they were going to be able to do because it was like the novel drug or the innovative drug program or something, the IND from 1976. Yeah. And they thought and the normal was involved in it. And they thought that that would be one of the uh, things that they could use to get toward legalization. But then you remember what happened. They stopped the program. It was morning in America and, and Ronald Reagan was elected and the program kept expanding a little bit throughout that. And they stopped the program in the early 1990s because of what disease? Oh, AIDS. Because of AIDS. And then too many people were going to get on involved and get their medical marijuana through the feds. And then very, they, they, they shut down that program. And a couple of years later, the West Coast started all of their medical marijuana programs and the rest. Well, you history. know, I have a horrible joke where I say that legalization is off the back of gay men. Ah, ah. It is true, though. I mean, Prop 215 didn't happen. Uh, you know, so many people were sick. Uh, you know, that's the unfortunate part. We had to have this. Uh, not an opiate crisis, but a, a humanitarian sick crisis, you know, and that was, uh, it, it showed when cannabis helped them, you know, how can you deny someone that? that that's an unfortunate part of all that. Yeah, I mean, Trump just kind of like uh, signed a very similar thing, like, you know, the choose not to wait act or something where now uh, patients that have certain terminal conditions can kind of bypass the uh, and I should Google that right now just to get the specifics on it, but kind of bypass some of the regulatory red tape as to the uh, drugs that need to be you know, granted the FDA clearance before they can be used. Similar to that novel drug uh, program that the feds had over 40 years ago in the 70s that led to the federal medical marijuana patients. And the point of that story is we were discussing how cannabis isn't like tobacco and it doesn't necessarily, even though you're smoking it, give you lung cancer. And the evidence for that, of course, is like L.B. Musgrave, Irv Rosenfeld, all these world record joint smokers. You know, we can put Willie Nelson in there. Like if if this gave you cancer, they'd be dead. Yeah, I was. If, uh, if it gave you cancer, uh, cancer rates would have definitely increased in the United States so far. Oh, that that is absolutely right, right. I mean, not only is that accurate, but then also you'd have the, uh, the, the argument that they always say, this marijuana is different than your grandfather's marijuana, and it's going to give you uh, insanity. It's going to make you uh, have, what do they call the insanity? It's not just, the, the, they say psychosis, paranoid, um, schizophrenia. It's going to give you schizophrenia. It's going to make you nuts. If that's the case, how come we haven't seen an increase in all of these mental health problems as marijuana usage rates have clocked their ways from like zero or five percent, you know, 30 years ago up to like 20 percent uh, in states like yours and in a few years, states like mine? But, you know, that's such a garbage statement just because the cannabis that was a, that you acquired from the 70s, 80s and early 90s. For the most part, it was in the back of a trunk, wrapped in cellophane, probably soaked in gasoline, and it had more 
bad stuff just added to cover the smell, and that you still right. buy, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not like grandfather's weed. There's less seeds and it's more uh, free from impurities. Yes. Whether or not like an apple is any more. I mean, of course, with selection, you can always make uh, traits of whatever plant uh, you can you can uh, breed for those particular traits. And because of that type of breeding, we have gotten our THC levels up to over 30 percent. But that doesn't mean that they couldn't have done that. 2000 years ago when they were doing the Iranian land race well that's back before they had strain names like you know when these when these plants were being grown in the land in which they were indigenous if they were being grown correctly for these particular cannabinoids and then oh i don't know turned into hash as they were yeah that stuff still would have been just as concentrated and um powerful as anything that granddad was smoking back in the, uh, the 50s and you know with that it's like with the hashish, you know, I would say concentrates are just another form of old old ways of, of smoking, you know. It's just another, I you know, we just got more advanced with like nitrous, nitrous or CO2 or pressing with the rosin. You know, we have better understanding of it. But I love hashish, pressing. I love, I love pressing with the rosin. That's, that's something that I'm really looking forward to uh, once we have uh, full legalization in Illinois. I want to get one of them rosin pressers. And then, uh, you know, kind of rent that out because that's that's just a very satisfying thing when oh. you have that much high quality cannabis flower that you put in there and then you put it into the rosin press and you just see the stuff come out. It's just great. No, it's pretty neat. And you can yeah. buy it like at home productions, too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's that's really that's really cool. And like the rosin cartridges that you get out here are so much better than some of the other uh, concentrate cartridges. Uh, that you can that you get. I mean, it, the flavor on it is just so much sweeter, and uh, the terpene profile is really in there. It's just it's just the way that if I'm going to get a vape pen, I'm going to gravitate toward the the live rosin. And you know that flower that once you press it, it's still good for it to be decarboxylized and used in maybe a butter or something like that. So really, I thought I thought the pressing first off, I thought the pressing used a little bit of heat, so it decarboxylated it. And then I also thought that, that pressing um, just basically left because that's what I thought it did. I thought it was kind of like using remember those things that girls will use to straighten their hair and yeah, the, right. the little, uh, those little clamp thingamajiggers, whatever those are called. Please leave it in the comments. So uh, that is how I've seen them make that rosin where it's heated and it's squished. And so because it's heated and squished, it, it liquefies and then it it goes out and it's usually, you know, liquefied between like two pieces of um, cray paper, not cray paper, what's the type of paper? Parchment paper that you could use, wax paper. Well, probably not wax, wax would probably melt, but like parchment paper or something that you would use, and then you could scrape it off that. It's it's pretty sweet. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like 99% of it. I mean, I'm just saying like, it's still a, a material product that can be used for, you know, other people who, it's like an animal that you kill, and you try to use all the, all the parts what are you? Are you Native American? I, mean, I, I remember how we killed all the buffalo as white people. Uh, we just we just shot them, and then we didn't even get off the train. The train just kept going, and we shot them. And it's like, wow, I am a bully day or whatever, because that was back hundreds of years ago. Hey, but uh, it, it, let's add this study to the pile. Another study has come out and shown that legal medical marijuana has been tied to lower opioid use. As soon as a state allows uh, medical marijuana, uh, the opioid use goes down. That's uh, this, the amount that it goes down is stronger when uh, pain is allowed to be one of the conditions that uh, gets you medical marijuana. 
uh, prescriptions. But that's one of those things where here's another one of those studies. So the, the science is being replicated and the science is being replicated, but nobody cares. Like, you know, that's the thing. Uh, the tobacco industry didn't give two craps that uh, one study after another study after another study kept showing that tobacco smoke may cause lung cancer. They just kept saying, maybe we need a better cartoon camel to sell this to children. You know, uh, and so despite all the science continuing to be replicated, people are just slow to change when there's prejudice and money involved. Well, and I think, you know, with this hemp legalization, of course, hemp is cannabis, but with the technicality of the uh, THC, as more people become more aware of the plant itself, you know, I think that's the biggest issue, too. You know, we, we're facing 100 years of ignorance. You know, uh, I grew up with this plant, so I knew it was never going to kill me. Uh, and then as I see adults, you know, or, or even high school kids, just like excess alcohol, uh, I had friends fucking end up in ditches and have alcohol poisoning from just, you know, being young and stupid. And, uh, never have I, uh, smoked so much that I ended up in the hospital. Yeah. I mean, you'll see it every college year. Granted it's summer vacation right now. So all those kids are probably going out and getting drunk and then, you know, arrested. But you'll hear about those that fraternity or some college uh, party gone wrong where people get injured and maybe even die. Uh, you rarely hear about that one time that a bong rip went wrong, except where the bong rip could go wrong and you're coughing and you spill your bong and either break it or pour the water out and it stinks. Like that's the extent of the, the, the terrible injuries and, and the bad effects that I've heard from the stories of uh, people going out and getting high versus people going out and getting drunk. That's not to say that, uh, you know, going out and getting high always ends well, but it typically ends better on average than going out and having 85 beers and getting blackout drunk. And again, it comes down to personal responsibility. I mean, if you're dumb enough to do so many drinks and, you know, I, I hate to say it, like me and my wife, we'll, we'll be drinking. And I, I stop about maybe four or five beers. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm really having a good time. But I usually I'm just good after a couple, and then I call it good. My wife thinks it's still party time. I'm like, babe, I'm kinda, I got to go to bed. You know? I mean, yeah. I don't want to stop. Well, that's the other thing. That's the uh, test of an addictiveness in a substance. Uh, you know, remember the rats that would step on the pedal to get cocaine. Uh, so it's the amount of self-administration. And I'm sure that you can speak to the the time that you've maybe done like a dab rip or you've done a, like the biggest bong rip, like the highest you've ever been. And you just usually kind of go like, need to take a little break here. Okay. I, you know, while I'm married, speaking of that, I'll be taking a, uh, uh, on June 29th, I'll be taking a one dab rip. Uh, we're doing a, uh, like a promo with, with a, a company. Uh, we're about 10 of us, and we're all going to be doing one dab rips. What's so, a one dab rip? It's like a one, one, one gram dab. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. A one yeah. gram dab. Oh, my. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, I, do it. I was like, well, it may kill me, but I'll still do it. But if I'm, it doesn't kill you, if it does kill you, I will do the news uh, in memorandum or not memorandum, memoriam uh, yeah. of, of Mickey 420, the first person to ever die of cannabis overdose. But, you know, uh, two years ago, a friend of mine, uh, uh, David Wazowski from Safer, Arizona, he ate a pound of marijuana on live stream. But wait, wait, did he eat a pound of live marijuana that was decarboxylated? 
No, just some just a regular. They, they had that. They contemplated that too. Do they decarb it first or just eat it? So he just ate it though instead of. Yeah, but just eating it, you're not like you. You probably you know yeah, that's a lot of fiber. That's a lot yeah. of plant material and roughage. But like it would not have gotten him high. So he he didn't even get high, right? He probably just had some gas or something. Yeah, he was stuffed and filled up, and uh, uh, you know it just makes for a good point where people are. Uh, the ignorance, you know, with the hemp versus cannabis and the THC levels and, and how it's, how, you know, just there's so much ignorance about it. So we'll there's be a lot. There is yeah. a lot of ignorance. But at the same time, I wouldn't want to do that challenge if the cannabis was decarboxylated. Actually, I'm doing a piece for a publication and then also, you know, for these. So one of the ones that I'll get to eventually after I do the dispensary one will be the infuser license. And the infuser license in Illinois doesn't even go online for applications until after the first of the year. But uh, there's a lot of these cannabis supper clubs. Have you been hearing about those types of supper club parties? Yeah, I think we talked about it last mm -hmm. week. Where, um, you know, your industry is going to be very word of mouth in the beginning. You know, people are going to be between wary investors and people who already have money and uh, have a network. You know, it all comes down to your network. Uh, right. Pay, uh, you know, if you're safe in your county, in your zone, I imagine uh, uh, some counties are going to have moratoriums against it and some are going to be embracing it because they know it's going to be great income. Um, we have a sure. fair up here in uh, Bellingham up north and it's being uh, held in conjunction with the city's tourism. So wait, you're gonna, you guys like uh, are having kind of like a bong appetite in, in Bellingham, uh, Washington, where you're gonna do uh, these types of food events? Because that's what I was gonna get back to is that the the, the idea of a supper club actually kind of goes back to prohibition. That's how you'd go get drunk. You'd go to a club where you'd have dinner and drinks and dancing, and you'd stay like the whole night. So it was a lot more difficult for you to get busted because if you had to be a member of the club to go in, and so with that. Now there's these uh, cannabis supper clubs, you know, kind of like the Bong Appetit show that uh, makes these delicious, delicious meals with cannabis infusions. And uh, so I had to look into the legality. Of course, it's, it's going to be illegal, but uh, Illinois already has decriminalized uh, approximately three eighths of an ounce of possession already in the state. And then after January 1st, of course, you'll have like a whole ounce will be legal. So I did some math on that, um, uh, making some assumptions. The first assumption is the ounce is 30 grams. It's a pretty fat ounce. It's got an extra two grams. But then also you'd have approximately 25% THC, which is a, it's a high amount of THC. It's not crazy. It's not over 30%. So then if you have 30 grams at 20% THC, that's six grams of pure THC. And you're thinking about doing one of those grams as a dab that's ridiculous yeah no it's, it's gonna be an interesting uh uh day at least we're gonna videotape it i'll send you the link when we do it and everything you gonna put uh, it on youtube yeah yeah well uh it's uh, it's, it's again for my buddy's studio it's called high tunes interactive he's doing vr and augmented reality no shit yeah. he's doing augmented reality in the cannabis space is going to be like doing training videos like here's how you can trim appropriately here's how you're supposed to do spacing let's trellis the weed all that type of stuff or what's his ar vr application for cannabis no that's a great idea though but what he's doing now right now is just working with music uh he wants to do he, he already has a contract with red man so he has his app where if you take 
the app and you see any Redman logo, Redman's uh, videos will pop up front, a little interactive with Redman. Uh, other things he's doing, uh, we do our pre-rolls that we sell out here. Uh, some are going to have a QR code on them. And if you scan that QR code, that musician will pop out and sing for you, you know, that kind of thing. Or like using this uh, VR, because Google just uh, enabled VR to their search engine. So Whoa, whoa. Google's already doing VR search? That's going to be something that I have to get my stuff onto then, because uh, that's... As Google updates its algorithm, like one of the things that you try to do is just stay on top of that so that you can continue to uh, be when people Google cannabis lawyer and I want them to find me. And so you have to kind of stay on top of the trends and the trends that we are on right now is voice search. How do you uh, create your web content in such a way that when Google is looking it over, it understands that you're. Uh, your content can speak to uh, types of voice searches that Google is being asked throughout the day. 63,000 times per second by uh, people that are searching for things. But now they're going to start doing VR search. I mean, of course they are, but I just didn't think we were already there. Let me oh, yeah. 2019. Well, there's already a huge, I, I'd like to get an Oculus, but I have too many kids right now. But um, yeah, you'd never, you would never, that Oculus would not be yours. It would be your children's. Yeah, I would never see it. So, but I mean, there, there's a huge community already out there for these uh, VR uh, interactions uh you know people walking around i mean if you just have uh you're i think you're you're in seattle you're in the future um like i'm in central illinois we just got hemp we were like wait so this isn't corn no it's not corn you sure this isn't corn well you know as much as we are forward we're also going back i mean it's, it's more of a i think sadly of the law where it's going to come back to common sense because as soon as the uh, recreational took over all that stuff that I talked about with the markets and the consumption, they all disappeared because before uh, there was no authority over the recreational market or the, the medical market. There was no uh, legal authority. Uh, but as soon as there was a recreational structure, now you had the state sheriffs and the state police all on board to uh, regulate and delineate who belongs where. And uh, a lot of people got in trouble right away uh, just because they were enforcing the recreational rules, and uh, that, which means no smoking on site, no uh, no swag giving away, which is a weird one. Uh, uh, and by swag, uh, you do not mean shitty weed. You mean yeah. like stuff with your logo on it. Yeah, yeah, t-shirts, hats, uh, and uh, and it just goes back to that hempfest uh, fighting for the the freedom of speech type thing again. Right, uh, and that that's something that I did just create a. A post on and I have the lawsuit around here somewhere if I wasn't so buried in so many darn projects I probably already would have read it but yeah Thurston County Superior Court complaint for injunctive relief that's the type of relief that you get when you say stop it and a judge yeah. says that's right sir stop it boom it's different than monetary relief which is also called damages what you learn when you tune into cannabis legalization news Wednesdays at 2 <laughs> Nice plug. Yeah, you got you to be plugging that. But uh, I just think it's really, really interesting that once the uh, state police got involved out west by uh, interfering with the medical, there was some problems. And the way that they've got it set up here, I'm a little unsure of because of how they're going to have all these new um, dispensaries and whatnot coming online. And they say that they, in the law, they've made medical permanent in Illinois. They've expanded the amount of conditions you can get. 
and they said that they aren't going to dis uh, disrupt the um, or change the medical marijuana laws. And because of that, that means the medical marijuana licensing. And because of that, that means that not all these new dispensaries that are going to be opening, from my understanding, will be medical marijuana dispensaries. So, like, if I want to go and get my my marijuana at medical prices, I'd still have to go to my my dispensary is Trinity. It's over in Peoria. Great people. See him see him soon. And um, and then I can get my medical marijuana, but because they're also going to be able to open for adult use on the first of the year and get a second location pursuant to the adult use uh, dispensary section of section 25 or 15, I believe is the dispensary one. Then they're going to have a second location. Now, this is a medical marijuana dispensary with a second location. I don't know if that second location will be able to have only adult use marijuana or if it will also be able to have medical marijuana. But then the 75 uh, licenses that will be awarded for conditional uh, adult use dispensing uh, organizations next summer, uh, I think that those are just the adult use dispensaries. I don't think that those are medical marijuana dispensaries. So they would just be the 21 and older and the higher tax amounts. And But from my uh, review, it looks like that they would be able to display the product quite a bit more. However, we do not have the uh, regulations from the state to see how much display they can do. Because, like, I've been to Ike's in, in Seattle. I was at Den Rec a couple of months ago when I uh, spent um, St. Patrick's Day in, in Denver. And in, in De at Den Rec or in Denver or, or, I mean, like, there's, like, grow rooms sometimes adjacent to the dispensaries in Colorado, which I don't think they're going to be able to have in Illinois at first. There's something on that that we can talk about and we will be talking about in the coming months and weeks. But the uh, dispensing will, will, who knows? Because when you walk into the medical, uh, cold, the medical dispensary now, it's just all in packages. So like it's already all in packages and you can't see the actual marijuana. Like you can't have a jar of the particular strain that you want to buy uh, for display purposes. But in the uh, Illinois adult use dispensary laws, it looks like you can have that display jar. So at least then you can inspect like the various types of flour that are in stock and go like, that one looks like awesome. Uh, get me three grams of that. So you guys already have package requirements for your medical side. Our package requirements for our medical side are pretty stringent. Yeah. I, uh, I just think, um, like in Washington, you know, uh, the takeover didn't happen overnight. You know, uh, first, uh, uh, 502 took in place, our recreational law. And then I think it took about three years for the recreational market to, to just, you're going to have people gunning for your medical on how to dissect it. Because the eventual nail in the coffin for Washington State Medical was SB 5052, entitled the Patient's Care Act. So, I mean, oh, oh, yeah, the uh, naming conventions of always name laws either with funny acronyms that say a word about the law or ironically as shit. Yeah, and they're, 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 they're adding was to protect the patient. We're going to create a registry and we're going to uh, demand that these things come into place uh, for your recreational needs so you don't have to bother with uh, uh, your dispensaries anymore. Uh, it was a total sham of a law passing, but, um, you know, people with money are able to do that. <laughs> you know, they're the ones yeah. that had the lobbyists. And yeah, that, that's right. They're the ones that had the lobbyists. They're the ones 
who hired Frank Luntz to have people uh, sit in a room and say like, well, what, what word do you like better? Global warming, climate change, you know, and, and actually work. And that's why we're talking about adult use uh, cannabis. And that's why we're talking about cannabis and co instead of marijuana. All these uh, consultants have come in to see what people already think, what they already like, and then package it in a certain way that it becomes very, very difficult to argue against. And that's why if I ever become an elected official, all of my bills will be the Puppies Need Love Act of whatever. And, and then the contents of the bill have nothing to do with puppies. And that just seems to be the, how politics work, which is unfortunate, right? I mean, how dare you, sir? How <laughs> dare you be against the Puppies Need Love policy? <laughs> That would be a good argument, though. Well, yeah, but then if you dig into the puppies need love policy, it's all about giving away corporate handouts to coal miners and petroleum miners. And like, you know, uh, it has nothing to do about puppies. And it's just terrible, terrible 20th century policies. Hey, you see uh, DC's getting closer to having a uh, legal weed there. Well, DC has always had, well, they haven't always, DC has had legal weed for a while, but I have heard that they're getting closer to having legal weed sales. Yeah, dispensaries. Yeah, that's, I, that's that's something that we have to. Well, that when I was doing the the, the cannabis supper club article, that's kind of like one of the things that you can make it less bad. It's like okay, because right now in Illinois, it's three eighths of an ounce you can have in possession, and it's not legal, but it's decriminalized. It's a civil violation. That's it. You know, pay your ticket and get out of here. Yeah. Uh, but if you have an ounce after the first of the year, that's legal. And an ounce of weed is more than a, a three eighths of an ounce of weed is a lot to cook with. I mean, I'm not going to try to eat uh, some brownies or very many brownies if I took like an eighth of an ounce of high quality marijuana flour and made some can of butter out of it. Well, you know, the thing about uh, cannabis too is you do need a large amount. If I mean, if we're like real sick people, you know, to make that oil, to make the RSO, to make you know a decent uh, supply of medicine for somebody's uh, really just bad ailments uh you need pounds you need pounds well, yeah i mean like you need pounds but then you can do the math i mean like the raw flour itself is maybe like 25 percent of these thc and other cannabinoids and, and uh, terpenoids that may have medicinal purposes so if you have a pound then that pound of weed might only be 25 percent medicine at the end of it well, is only 25 percent medicine yeah well, and also the, you know, once you go from a pound to extract the oil, you're, you're left with, you know, a couple of ounces. Mm -hmm. And then the, some of those, uh, yes. And I don't know. I'm not an expert in Rick Simpson oil. I hope that I'm never an expert in Rick Simpson oil because I'm trying to avoid cancer. But uh, it's nice to know that it's out there. Yeah. No, and, and Rick Simpson oil is good. In Washington, we do have, it's kind of weird how, we have these milligram settings for food, 10 milligrams, 100 milligram max. So each thing. Yeah, that's what we have. That's kind of like when I was doing the, the math on uh, how much how much cannabis can you have at your uh, cannabis supper club. Uh, possession, don't sell. That makes it a crime. So if it's just possession and like, you know, here, try these brownies. Um, that's but, different, you know, but yeah, go ahead. Well, I was say, so we, we got that, that 10 milligram uh, uh, limit, but at the same time, I can buy a tube of RSO. Probably, probably about a quarter or an eighth build up of uh, you know, a nice amount of weight. And yeah. with those two, you'll put that into your food. You'll 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 infuse your own food with it. Yeah, they have similars. They call them drizzlers here in Illinois. So like you can get a gram of concentrate for about the same price that you can get 
you know, maybe like an eighth of an ounce of high quality cannabis. And so that gram of concentrate is it's a pretty good deal. And then you can use that gram to make your brownies or whatever. And we have the same type of 10 milligram dosing aspect. So when I was doing the math as to like how much uh, food you could make from what's currently legal or at least decriminalized in the state of Illinois, if you take like an ounce of cannabis, and then you net net everything out into like how many grams of THC and then net that out to like 10 milligram servings, that would be 600 servings for uh, an ounce of marijuana if that ounce is 30 grams and the marijuana is 25% THC. That's, that's 600 edibles if the edible quantization of a serving is 10 milligrams. And that's, that is just kind of standard across the industry. I mean, 25 milligrams at the high end. If I had, if I don't want, I really don't want to uh, go through and have like 50 milligrams in my system unless I'm at a party and I have nothing to really think about because that would 50 milligrams would be enough to knock me on my ass pretty good. Um, but, you know, everybody's a little different. And the other problem, too, though, with that 50 milligrams is uh, if you have 50 milligrams in a brownie versus a cookie, you know, because then you get it filled up at the same time that you're eating. So, uh, like with the RSO, and I just posted in the comments because somebody asked about, I heard RSO is better to eat on its own. You take about the size of a grain of rice if you're treating like an ailment. That's what most people start with. And uh, well, uh, how much how much weight is that size of a grain of rice for that RSO? It's probably in a, in a milligram size weights, not 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 a gram. You're, it's a very minute. Uh, and then if you work your way up to see how you know you feel, you know. That's that's our only problem with this. Uh, when you say cannabis is medicine, it's all about titration. It's all about self uh, knowing what your body's about, you know. Yeah, and that's when I could see people getting in trouble with cannabis supper clubs if they are like those bong appetit. Uh, have you seen that show where they make those those uh, dishes? Yeah. Oh, they look delicious. Yeah. They look delicious, but like they put a lot of cannabis in there. And then sometimes they do use hemp. So they'll put like a lot of CBD in there to get that entourage effect and kind of try to mitigate the effects of the THC and bring it down to earth a little bit. But I'm watching how much cannabis they're putting in that in those foods. And I'm like, dude, those people are going to be asleep here soon. Well, you know, with with, uh, edibles, I don't don't know what your experience is, but for me, it's always been I've never really gotten high at the moment from an edible. It's always like later tonight when I'm like, Oh, man. Yeah, I remember it was back in um, 2013 and the the movie Wolf of Wall Street was popular. And my buddy came back from Steamboat, Colorado and brought all these caramels. And that was my first real experience with like high quality edibles. And then um, so I I looked into decarboxylation and I started making my own little pills that I would take. And each one of those pills was probably, you know, maybe like 50 to 100 milligrams of THC. And so I would call them lemons, like after the the quaaludes from the movie Wolf of Wall Street, because they would take like you would take it and then you would wait like four hours and you would just be blazed. But uh, when I when I first started doing that, there was a slight learning curve and I would wake up high as shit. You know? Yeah, Yeah, no, exactly. It's like always I have the best sleep. Yeah. And then you wake up, you're like. And your eyes are all red and you're still high and you're like. Well, that's not the worst way to wake up in the world. That's not that's not so bad. Right. I mean, a weed hangover is a lot better than a weed beer hangover. Oh, yeah. Like no headache. Like you're still thirsty for both of them, but you don't feel like death uh, when you have a weed hangover. And when you wake up and you're still high, you're like, dude, I'm still baked. 
Yeah, coffee carries a weed over for me. No, yeah. Yeah. I mean, alcohol, not so much. Like alcohol, you can feel like shit for hours and hours. But with weed, you got a cup of coffee and a glass of water and you're good. Hey, yeah, I got to be stepping out. Yeah. Well, we've done it again. We've spent an entire hour speaking about cannabis legalization news, but also politics and, and shit and all that other stuff. And thanks, Miggy, for taking the time over your lunch break and everybody for joining us. And I'll see you next week here at 2 p.m. on Cannabis Legalization News. If you have any questions or anything of uh, other interests that you think we should discuss on the news, please leave them in the comments and don't forget to subscribe and like this and then Google Cannabis Lawyer and find my website, CannabisIndustryLawyer.com and get in touch with me if you need anything. Bye-bye.